Hello humans, and welcome to Exposing Isolation. My name is Rebecca Elizabeth Weber, and today is November 9th, 2020. It has been a historic weekend, to say it mildly. Uh, Joe Biden is the president-elect of the United States of America with Vice President Kamala Harris as the first uh, person of color and woman to fill the role of vice president. And as a woman of color sitting right here, it is hitting me in all the ways that you're probably seeing online. If you're so inclined to be paying attention to people's feelings that I feel seen, I feel like I see myself in a position of authority that I've never seen before. And all of this is absolutely, I don't know, heartwarming doesn't seem to cut it. It's, it's staggering. It's emotional. It's amazing. It's, it's shaking me in a good way to my core and showing me the possibilities that I, I don't know, I didn't necessarily see myself as somebody who was feeling oppressed or held back um, by my sex gender, which is currently under question. We'll talk about that later. Um, and, you know, my ethnic background, my, my life experience. Um, but seeing others express their relief um, is really helping me connect with my emotions of relief as well. Uh, in a similar vein, this morning, watching um, President-elect Biden talk about his plans for COVID and just his, his leadership, his, his, his conviction and control. You know, he doesn't represent necessarily the future that I want to see in America, but on this day, he represents something that is calming my CPTSD. He represents a leader, somebody who can get things done, someone who even if we don't win the two seats um, in Georgia for the Senate, making Mitch McConnell still the uh, majority Senate leader, um, I'm confident that Joe Biden can still get some things done. Uh, Mitch and Joe have a history of working together, and Mitch McConnell was the only Republican senator to attend uh, Bo Biden's funeral. Um, and Mitch McConnell, for all the things I don't like about him, has stayed away from um, attacking Hunter Biden this whole time with Trump's um, accusations. And he hasn't, as far as I know, uh, congratulated Joe on his victory yet, but he has also not joined in on any of the conversations about fraud. So, you know, maybe these are little signs, but they give me a lot of hope. Um, another thing giving me hope today is the uh, governor, I believe, of Utah, which is a very Republican state, um, announcing a state of emergency this morning and a mandatory mask uh, wearing, an, I don't know if you call it an initiative or whatever it's called, but um, essentially making it mandatory uh, for everyone to wear masks in Utah. And it's really clear that we're about to see some leadership from Republicans that we have been seeing in the last four years because leadership um, is not part of the Trump Republican agenda. So 
I'm 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 just feeling relieved. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling optimistic. Um, if you've ever listened to my podcast before, you know that I'm not a particularly optimistic person. Um, but I'm really feeling it, and I've cried a lot, and um, I am excited to continue working through these emotions. On a more personal note, um, if you don't already know, um, my husband Thomas and I both have complex post-traumatic stress disorder and are working very hard to try and find um, effective treatment plans for both of us. If you If you don't know, Um, complex post-traumatic stress disorder is a diagnosis that gets to be placed. Um, it's not an official diagnosis through the DCM-5, so it's, it's not something that all mental health professionals know about or fully acknowledge, and they certainly don't know how to treat it. Um, but it's something that it, it's a state of being that comes about from prolonged, excessive traumatic stress, um, you know, long-term chronic destabilization, um, not necessarily starting when one is young. Um, it could be come from, um, say, living in an occupied um, area, being in war, going to war. Um, sometimes these symptoms turn into PTSD. If, it's, if it truly destabilizes a person and has them question their identity and disassociate like I do, um, then it's more likely CPTSD. Uh, mine started from the moment I was conceived um, in stress. My mom was anorexic and stressed um, from when I, you know, the whole time. Um, and from the moment I was born, I was in danger. My, my oldest sister, um, who's 10 years older than me, was extraordinarily abusive um, physically. And, uh, my mom had no power and my dad dismissed it. Um, so by the time I was five, I knew that, um, nobody could protect me and I wasn't safe. And there were many iterations of other neglects and abuses, um, and traumatic experiences for the rest of my life up until now. Um, and my husband, like I said, Thomas, similarly, um, had went through, really difficult childhood, had two parents who were uh, survivors of um, uh, narcissistic abuse themselves, and despite their best efforts, passed on a lot of uh, maladaptive coping strategies to Thomas. Um, His were more in the vein of uh, shutting down, disassociating, and even going unconscious during difficult experiences. Um, He has been autoimmune and chronically ill since he was 10, um, in and out of hospitals for junior idiopathic arthritis, to which we got into remission about four years ago with a diet. Um, His disassociation and other traumas have made it difficult for us to really be um, truly a team, Uh, We push each other away a lot, and um, somehow this weekend, of all weekends, when the world is getting to experience the first step to healing um, and get to breathe, just get to take a nice deep breath for the first time in a long time. Um, Yesterday was also... um, 
a day where a lot of the research and training that Thomas has been going through kicked in and I was having quite the meltdown and he was able to successfully emotionally regulate himself for the first time. Um, now that might seem, um, you know, I could, I could see a lot of people jumping to conclusions, you know, why can't he do this before, da, 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 da. but the truth is when you have CPTSD, uh, your ability to cope and participate and uh, function as a partnership is always strained, always stressed, and to fight to be here um, is the journey that Thomas and I are on separately and also together. Um, what I was not expecting after all of these years of working towards healing our CPTSD, that when he achieved the tremendous success of being able to emotionally regulate, which um, by that I mean um, when I was being uh, somewhat hostile and personally triggered and um, like angry near him, he was able to self-soothe, keep his emotions in check and just hold space for me. Um, that was absolutely amazing. And I had always asked for that and wanted that. What was surprising was that as soon as I got it, I freaked out. I thought I was being tricked. I got really, really scared. Um, I just kept pushing him away, um, telling him that he shouldn't consider me. Please stop thinking about me. Please stop. You know, essentially, like, I cannot handle this. Do not love me. Do not tell me that I'm going to be okay. Do not tell me that things are going to be okay. Do not tell me that you are ever going to do anything for me. And I'm not trying to express that he's never done anything for us or for me. It's just the mindset from being tricked and manipulated in, in my youth, um, well into my 20s, um, by a father who suffers from his own narcissistic abuse, his own um, CPTSD, um, his own disassociation and unconsciousness. He barely remembers his childhood and um, teenage years. And by the time he was 20, he was married to a gang member and had a baby. So. I don't really know exactly what happened to that man. I just know that he and I do not bring out the best in each other. And he has caused me to believe a lot of things that are entirely not true. Like that all of my emotions are bad. All I do is hurt people. I am unlovable. I am difficult. My opinions um, shouldn't matter. And they are bad. And um, I'm picky and needy. Um, he is repeatedly told me that I I think I'm better than everyone and I'm I'm not and I don't deserve the things that I keep wanting. Um, I haven't spoken to him in two years now, um, but those lessons still echo in me. And today I'm just, I'm looking for some hope. I'm looking for some leadership. I'm looking to... Um, be able to find some peace, some some rest, so that I can heal. And I, I, you know, as a modern applied cultural anthropologist, it's very hard not to see the parallels between my own healing through CPTSD and the healing that the nation needs and is going through right now. And I am so happy that despite all of the struggles, um, I have been able to get this far, that Thomas has been able to get this far, this country has been able to get this far, and today I'm feeling hopeful, and today I am 
um, you know, doing some self-care, trying to take things easy and understand that um, there is no going back. There is no normal for me or this country. You know, there's no, there's no set point that we can look back to and hope that we can achieve that again. There's only going forward. There's only finding solutions. There's only trying new things that have never been tried before. Because if something worked in the past, it would have worked. And if we don't have the solutions in the life that we want right now, and if things are not going well enough, then we need to try new things. And I am seeing a lot of hope, both in mental health, in politics, in the nation, um, in the relief that I'm seeing across the world from the news we got on Saturday and the relief I'm personally feeling within myself, um, knowing that there is strength around me. I have it and it's around me and it's near me and I have the support of my husband and heck, maybe I will heal right along with the country and I wouldn't be surprised if that's true and you can continue to listen to this show if you think that is at all interesting. Thank you so much for listening as always. I will catch you on the next one.